Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Glad you're with us today. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. It is the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad you tuned in. We'll be talking to Lee Roberts a little later in the show. He, of course, is the color commentator for Southern Miss Sports, and he was in Tuscaloosa over the weekend. He'll tell us what he saw from his vantage point, opening segment of the show sponsored today by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, other great foods that they cook in-house each and every day. And, of course, if you have an event, well, they're the people to call. Dickie's can cater anything, large or small. So the next time you do have something special, we'd encourage you to sit back, relax, and let Dickie's do the cooking You just enjoy the festivities. Also, later in the show, we'll be reviewing what happened in Conference USA over the weekend, give you a rundown of all the scores, and kind of look ahead now to what Southern Miss is faced with uh, in regard to conference competition uh, the rest of the season, because there are now, of course, come all the Conference USA football games. But first, I'll go to Luke, my partner, uh, go to Laura, rather, with my partner, Luke, and Luke, the... uh, the the worst part is over. The hardest part of the season is over. Golden Eagles did what uh, I guess would be the very best you could expect. They beat an all-corn team. They should have beaten. They won a close game against a pretty good uh, and I think equal Troy team and just not 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 the opponent to match up with Mississippi State or Alabama. Yeah, you, you look back, you feel like you could have played better um, in the Mississippi State game. Regardless, State uh, was, was more talented than us, obviously. You feel like you could have got some more points in the first quarter. Um, but State had their way with us on the ground. Saturday was an entirely different animal. Um, the, the takeaways immediately are, I thought, you know, we, early, Jack missed on some, some balls. But uh, DeMichael Harris is an explosive player. I felt like uh, they moved the ball as well as they could. Uh, but it, it just goes back to the same anthem we've seen the first four uh, weeks. It is uh, uh, missed tackles in the secondary and then just a complete mismatch uh, speed-wise in the secondary. You, you look at the first touchdown <clears throat> on the little quick slant. They, we, we had the guy hit. We hit him twice. Two missed tackles. Um, or one was a, missed, a broken tackle. The next was a lunge. Uh, and he goes to, to the house. Uh, the second one, uh, showers, gets beat on an inside move and, and rugs the third is still running. I mean, and, and all two I had to do was just, just, uh, loop it up there. So you, you spot them 14 points. Uh, but what I was, I just wanted us to score in the first half. You're down 28 nothing. What do you do? You march down the field and, and you score. Uh, I, I felt like 
the the best thing that I saw, Bob Saturday, and you can give me your, your comment on this. Buster Faulkner had a great plan going into that game. And and here was the thing. You knew your defense was going to have to be out there uh, a lot. So what did Southern Miss do? They waited to to snap the ball to about five seconds left on the play clock. And you look at the end of the day. When you get beat 49 to 7, you're not supposed to win the possession time. Southern Miss did. They had the ball 32 <laughs> two minutes to Bama's 27. Fogger had a great plan going in. It was just, it was just mismatch, uh, up front. It was a mismatch in a lot of ways. And, and that's what you saw. But, but our guys, um, they com- they competed and, and they didn't give up. They were still laying licks out there. Uh, and, and as far as I'm concerned, the final score read Southern Miss 1.8 million, Alabama 49. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I guess right now the biggest surprise I see is it's reverse of what we thought at the start of the year we were going to see. I think it's fair to say we thought we were going to see a really strong defensive team and and maybe a growing, uh, you know, improving offensive team. But Luke, the and I and full awareness of who they were playing uh, Saturday, but this goes back to the Saturday before the defensive backfield is just getting scorched, and uh, there's going to have to be some improvement in, in pass defense. If this team hopes to make a run now that they're in conference play, agreed. Yeah, and and you look at the top three tacklers um, from sorry, I'm sorry, the top four tacklers from Saturday. They're all in the defensive backfield. Uh, I would say the defensive backfield. DQ Thomas is probably our best defensive player right now. He is uh, c- compared to uh, the rest of the secondary. He's played exceptionally well. He had 12 tackles. Um, this you know this past week or whatever, uh, and and had some tackles for loss. Uh, he's had an interception. Hemby came up with a with a nice interception. Uh, so a- apart from Thomas, that that's where you're getting overhauled. And even against Troy, you know some of those guys getting beat beat on the edge. Uh, you're looking maybe based off the the press conference today. It looks like Raheem Booth may be back for the North Texas game. We're still on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but but uh, hope that Travinsky Mosley will be on coming back for for North Texas. But they're going to have to find something to do, um, and, and I'm not really sure what the answer is. I feel like though, Bob, the offense is going to put up a lot of yards and a lot of points within Conference USA, and that's a, a, just a great testament to to Jack Abraham and what type of system Buster Faulkner has installed. No question the competition's about to change. If you look at the next eight games, all conference games, uh, those eight schools have a combined a one-loss record as of today of 13 and 16, and and UAB really sort of props that up. UAB is 3-0, and Louisiana Tech uh, is 3-1. and uh, so obviously much easier now moving down the line, although nothing is a given. Here's a here's an observation I had about college football over the weekend. I'd like to get your input. I watched Alabama play USM. Of course, there are a lot of these there are a lot of these games that that some of the bigger Power Five schools are playing opponents that they're money games for the lesser opponents. There's really little, if any, chance that the the lesser opponent is going to be able to compete with uh, with the uh, Power Five team. Two exceptions, though, this weekend. Ole Miss entertains California in what was a really entertaining football game. And then I watched about a half of the Georgia-Notre Dame game. Largest football crowd in the history of the University of Georgia shows up to see two big-time programs on the field colliding. Uh, I watch Ole Miss and Cal, parts of that game, competitive from start to finish. And I just wonder, Luke, from the standpoint of the fans who are buying tickets and spending money, there were a lot of empty seats in Bryant-Denny Stadium uh, uh, Saturday. 
uh, having some kids that live in Alabama surrounded by Alabama fans, they tell me they hear grumbling from the Alabama fans of, you know, we're kind of tired of of paying this money to go watch them play this school, this school, this school, and beat them by 40 points every every week. You think we may see more of what we saw with Georgia, Notre Dame, Ole Miss, Cal, more competitive, evenly matched uh, games before conference play starts, or are those going to always be the exception to the rule? Well, you know, a couple caveats on that, too. Uh, there was empty seats at Bryant-Denny because it was at 11 o'clock also. And it's not a top ten matchup, and and I would I would go back. I'm not a Nick Saban fan by any means, but it is to be said who uh, you know who's going to play Bama. Right? I mean, are you really you you really going to schedule Alabama? You know, if, if you're a Power Five team looking for a, you know to get in the playoff, like you're really going to schedule Alabama? I found this out, and and still trying to see if it if it's exactly true. I read on some boards somewhere that Alabama does uh, does require SEC officials, you know, for these out-of-conference games. If you remember, at Starkville, we actually had a Conference USA crew. So that could be some of it, too, mm-hmm. um, that, that, you know, they, they want their own conference officials in there. But, yeah, um, but it's not just Bama. Did, did you see the Alabama? I mean, did you see the Ole Miss attendance, you know? It was down. Did you yeah. see – the one that was shocking was at Florida State, that was unbelievable at Doak Campbell. I mean, you're talking about one of the meccas of, of college football, and there are more empty seats than there are people in the stands. Mm-hmm. So some of it has to do with the opponent, I think, with, with Bama specifically. Uh, but with, with, with Bama, I, don't, I just don't see people lining up. Notre Dame and Georgia did play a, a few years ago, and I think the first time that they played, Georgia may have been a, a top-20 team, so they weren't at Kirby Smart level like they are now. Uh, but but you missed. You know, also, uh, I just want to throw this in a game this week. Also, Appalachian State from the Sun Belt beats North Carolina at home. Uh, it, it was up in uh, at Chapel Hill. So you know, uh, apart from uh, you know the big boys playing this weekend, there were some group of five teams that had success. I really don't know what the answer is. I think some of it's technology. I think some of it's opponent. But with Alabama specifically, I don't see group of or I don't see power five teams lining up to go play at Tuscaloosa. I think a lot of the attendance problem you see is what you say. It's technology. It's just too easy now, Luke. There's so many ways you can watch college football in high definition and the air conditioning in your house, and it's free. Or if, or if there is a cost, it's just a minimal cost of $5 a month charge to ESPN+. Plus. Technology is replacing tickets in college football, I think. And uh, who knows? We may be seeing more and more of that as, as time rolls on. But, but at any rate, the Golden Eagles now are back down to playing teams they can compete with. So everybody can exhale a little bit. All the money's been made. Uh, all the sacrifices have been laid on the altar, uh, and now it's time to uh, get in some ball games that the Golden Eagles have a chance of winning. All right, when we come back, we'll get a look at that Alabama matchup from Lee Roberts when the Eagle Hour continues.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us on a Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. The big yellow and gold building right there on Hardy Street across from the corner of the Southern Miss campus. Biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere on the planet. Christmas is not that far off now. What lesson is it? Less than ninety days, October. Just a little, yes, about ninety days away. Uh, something, something like that. How yeah. depressing! <laughs> it's uh, it may be time for you to start that Christmas shopping list, and if you've got some golden eagles in your family, like I do, then of course, uh, Campus Bookmart or CampusBookmart.net is a must stop on your Christmas shopping expeditions. Mm-hmm. All right, Conference USA. Before we get to that, let me remind our listeners of a couple of things uh, involving the Eagle Hour. We'll be at Fuzzy's Tacos this Thursday, another USM pep rally. Had a great time uh, this past Thursday uh, doing that at Walk-Ons with the cheerleaders and Seymour and all the good folks from Walk-Ons. Well, we're taking it to Fuzzy's Tacos this Thursday. invite you to stop by at 1 o'clock. You can see the cheerleaders. they got a lot of uh, good-looking USM stuff that they uh, brought to the other event that I'm sure they'll be bringing to give away. We expect Seymour to be on hand and – working on a couple of really good guests uh, for Thursday. Then 4th Street Bar and Grill is where we'll be on Friday as we get ready for the kickoff of another home football game. So Fuzzy's Tacos Thursdays, 4th Street Bar and Grill on Friday. And then Saturday at 2 o'clock, we'll be right behind Southern Hall with our buddies from uh, Keith Superstores, Hooters, and Papa John's Pizza as we're going to have another memorial, Veterans Memorial uh, tailgate. Want to invite all the veterans and their families uh, to come by. Find our tents located right behind Southern Hall. We're going to feed you Hooters wings. We're going to give you Papa John's pizza. We're going to give you all kinds of great snacks from Keith Co. We're going to have a big box of new Eagle Hour T-shirts, and we'd like to give every one of those away this Saturday from two to four o'clock behind Southern Hall. We hope that we'll see you there prior to the football game. Okay, Conference USA, what happened over the weekend? Louisiana Tech beat Florida International 43-31 on Friday night. UAB, no contest with South Alabama as the Blazers won 35-3. Florida Atlantic beat Wagner 42-7. Baylor nipped Rice, pretty close game, 21-13. Virginia handled Old Dominion 28-17. North Texas beat Texas San Antonio. They're just not very good. 45 to 3. Clemson trial Charlotte. Uh, no surprise there. 52 to 10. Nevada beat Texas El Paso. This week's opponent, uh, 37-21. Bama, of course, beat USM 49 to 7. The league goes three and five outside of league competition. Right now, the uh, team with the best record in the league is UAB at 3 and 0. Uh, Louisiana Tech is three and one. North Texas two and two. Southern Miss, of course, two and two. Rice zero and four. San Antonio one and three. Texas El Paso one and two. Western Kentucky one and two. Marshall two and one. Charlotte two and two. Florida Atlantic two and two. Old Dominion one and two. Middle Tennessee one and two. Florida International one and three. Right now, Luke Johnson. Uh, I think uh, the two best teams at this point of the season. Uh, Clearly, appear to be UAB and Louisiana Tech. They are, but neither one of those guys has played the schedule Southern Miss has either. So, La Tech, it, it was impressive, but I just I'm giving up on FIU. 
I was really expecting a lot of them. I was expecting them to push for the East title. Not going to happen. Louisiana Tech uh, gave up some some points, gave us some points in the second half, but at the same time, offense really really played well. UAB, on the other hand, um, we know what we're going to get out of the Blazers. Uh, you look at what they've done. Uh, they uh, they they're two, they're three and zero. They beat two group of five schools. They beat Akron and they beat South Alabama. So you really don't know maybe what they've got. You would expect. I, I was kind of surprised at the South Alabama score. I thought they they might play a tad better. But right now it looks like the West division is going to be a whole lot better than the East. Right. Now, yeah, I'd, I'd say. And right now it's it's early. But you've got Tech. You've got UAB. Uh, North Texas two and two. I think they've been a little disappointing. Don't you? They have been, and it's it's almost like their their defense gives up more than what they gave last year, and the offense has been underwhelming. North Texas, we always think about their their offense. Their defense was really good last year too. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you're no so, doubt, uh, the West you is just, no doubt the best. Uh, Luke, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, UAB, Southern Miss. Those are your four teams that I think obviously are going to contend for that title. If you go to the other side, uh, you know you've got Marshall, which is two and one. Florida Atlantic, I think the jury's still out there, two and two, and and Western Kentucky, I, I don't think is that strong. I, I think I, if I looked over on the East right now, I'd say it may very well come down to Marshall and Florida Atlantic, and I don't really see anybody else really challenging. Do you? No, no Marshall, of course, almost beat Boise State on the road. That was to, to me that really showed you what Marshall has. They were off this week. They nipped Ohio University last week by two. But I think Marshall, until anybody else proves otherwise, I think Western Kentucky is somewhat of a smokescreen. I think um, they'll be exposed in a few weeks. Charlotte has an explosive offense, um, so you, you wonder you know, if they can win some games just scoring more points than other people. So uh, still waiting. To, the, the jury's still out to me on Western Kentucky, uh, but I think Marshall is probably your, your team over there. Who knows, though, mm-hmm. the lane train could get going again. And, mm-hmm. and you know, his teams are kind of like his personality. You, you can be apathetic one day and light the world on fire the next day. Until they, until they get into a position where they're not bowl eligible, then I still think they could they could show some some other stuff the rest of the way. All right. So UTEP this weekend. That's a game that I think it's fair to say the Golden Eagles should win pretty easily. But then you have North Texas and Louisiana Tech back-to-back, and after this weekend, three of your next four games are North Texas, Louisiana Tech, and UAB. You make or break your chances of winning the Western Division in the next five weeks. Southern Miss, a 26-point favorite, opens uh, against UTEP. Uh, this week, you just get some some positive traction going in the conference. Defense needs to play uh, a, a lot better. The thankful part is, before you head into that slate where you have North Texas and La Tech back-to-back, you're going to have a week to, to get off. So you've got an open date. You can uh, spend two weeks uh, getting ready for, for North Texas. We've said it every week, but I, I still think now – the North Texas game will show you what you have. We said that. Well, Mississippi State will show you. Well, Troy will show you. Well, you know, you'll, whatever happens at Tuscaloosa happens. But I, I really think the North Texas game will show you what type of football team you have. Now, look, I got an important question for you. <clears throat> Who that think you're going to beat the Saints just because Drew Brees isn't playing? I was extremely proud yesterday. I think it was. Uh, I had a buddy text me, and it was a pretty historic day for the Saints. And and the reason for that is they scored on all three 
phases. You score your first touchdown on special teams, score your second touchdown on defense. Per ESPN stats, the first time the Saints had a special teams touchdown and a defensive touchdown in the same week was 21 years ago in 1998. Then they came back with the stats and said this is only the third time in Saints franchise history that they've scored in all three phases. Once in 67 in their first win, once in 98, and yesterday. So it was a complete performance, and I was really proud of Teddy Bridgewater. I, hopefully this will qualm uh, some of the grumblings with about him. He's the highest-paid uh, backup quarterback in the NFL, and you saw that for a reason. I was telling you during the break, too, Sean Payton really didn't change his offense that much. They, they, they tried to get Kamara in space. Um, but, you know, it just, in some ways, it was a, uh, an offense that runs like 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. You know, you, you get Thomas and, and mismatches. They really didn't try to hit anything deep, deep. And you were just telling me also just the amazing balance and a complete player that Alvin Kamara really is. Here's what I think we saw out of the Saints yesterday. I think you have a serviceable quarterback that can play until Drew Brees comes back. But I think he has the best running back in the league in the backfield. I just don't see how anyone could be any better than Kamara. You've got a great wide out. You've got a really salty defense, and you play very well on special teams. So, you know, you can have a kind of an average quarterback if, if you have a running game, a good defense, and really good special teams. And the Saints showed they have all three of those yesterday, Luke. Specifically on the run defense, they were able to, to corral Wilson. You know, they let him back in towards the end, but, you know, they stuffed him on a fourth down. Just those linebackers, and then when you pair Davenport and Jordan uh, up front, Saints are, are really good on the defensive side. I really thought this was a a just a momentum win for the Saints. This is the first time a Seahawks uh, team coached by Pete Carroll has ever lost in the month of September at home. Yeah, they're good. I thought that was really telling. That they're a very good team. I mean, when you go in Seattle and you beat the Seahawks, you know you've done something. And when you do it without your starting quarterback, I think Saints fans ought to be breathing a big sigh of relief today. I don't. I don't think the end of the world is here because Drew Brees uh, is out. Who do they? Who do they have? Oh, they have the Cowboys next, don't they? Yeah, they play Dallas next. You know, one of those, I, I told you, you'll figure out what kind of team you have against North Texas. Saints will figure out what kind of team they got against yeah, Dallas. The Mighty Cowboys. The media has them headed to the Super Bowl, and they're 3-0 and against three teams that collectively have not won a game this year. Uh, it'll be a different ball game for them when New Orleans shows up this coming Saturday. And I will be Luke Johnson, the biggest Saints fan in Mississippi, uh, next Sunday afternoon. And I just want to let you know this. I hope Morgans isn't listening. Not for the Redskins tonight. There we go. My man. (laughs) We'll be back. Back on a Monday, third segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street 
in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch. That includes a drink. Check them out on Facebook as they always have some specials going on. That's 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob, Luke, and Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Joining us now on the phone, the color analyst for the Southern Miss Radio broadcast who sits beside John Cox every single week, number five, Lee Roberts. What's going on, quarterback? Not too much, man. How are you guys doing? It's a good Monday. Uh, we were joking around that the final score was really 1.8 million uh, Southern Miss had, and, and uh, Alabama only had 49. Um, but uh, what, what was it like, at least pregame over there, Lee? I saw you got to visit with Eli Gold some. Um, that that place and just that atmosphere is pretty amazing. You know it is, and uh, anytime you get the opportunity to go, you know, play a team like Alabama or even Mississippi State, and you can walk away healthy and, you know, also have some funds in your pocket. I think that's good for the university. And, you know, people probably don't realize that, you know, what kind of a paycheck that is and what it does for our, our athletic program. So, so huge there. So you're right. 49 for Alabama, 1.8 for Southern Miss. Not, not bad as far as that goes. But atmosphere, you know, the atmosphere there is always unbelievable. Um, you know, just on campus. Obviously, we were there really early. Um, you know, we got to, got in the stadium about 6.30 on Saturday, and it's just kind of how it is when you have 11 o'clock kickoff. So a lot a lot of things going going on extremely early. And, uh, yeah, getting a chance to see Eli Gold and, you know, interviewed him in pregame as well. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. But, you know, with, with, without going over there and, and getting a win, I mean, I think there were some positives that we were able to take away. And, you know, one was that we walk away pretty healthy and now get the opportunity to start conference play this week. I want to uh, I want to uh, start with a positive. I know Bob wants to get in here and, and ask you some, but um, I, I guess for me, just uh, you're down twenty eight nothing. You you drive down and and you score right before the half. Get some momentum. Uh, I, I don't know what else to to say other than that. I thought DeMichael Harris played really good, um, but I, I was really proud about how the offense resp- responded, even being down four scores. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, you give a team like Alabama a, a very potent offense, if you give them a 28-point lead, it's going to be a tough and long afternoon. And, and you're right. I mean, credit our guys for not folding early and, uh, and not folding at all. But, you know, you score right there at the beginning of the, or the end of the first half. Alabama gets the football back coming out of the second half. You know, if you get a stop – and then you go down and put some more points on the board. Now you're possibly within just two scores of you know one of the top teams in the country. But it obviously didn't it didn't work out that way. I mean, Alabama is extremely extremely talented, and you know. But but I felt like we did some some things, and I felt like you know the coaches know where we stand, and um, you know you play teams like that to to get better, and then when you get into your conference play, you're not going to go up against anybody in conference play that's that talented from top to bottom. So you're not going to see that ever again in 2019. <laughs> but, um, you know, needless to say, it was a, you know, a, a decent day all the way around. I mean, like I said, they were – every position was extremely talented. And, you know, they did everything you needed to. And we just – we couldn't make the plays, didn't make the plays when we needed to. I'll say this. You know, second play of the game, have an opportunity to hit a, a deep ball. Um, and last week, Jack Abraham, he, he connects on that ball. But Saturday, a little strong, 
if you go down and catch that one, maybe go down and score on your first drive, it, it may could change the the outlook of the game. But it just uh, against a team like Alabama, you got to hit on all cylinders, and it just didn't happen for us. Lee Roberts, you were a great college quarterback. Not a good college quarterback, a great college quarterback. So you should have real perspective about this. I have never heard of a stat before where a quarterback had more touchdown passes than he had incompletions. And that was the case, as I read it, from the Alabama quarterback Saturday. As a guy that knows the game better than anybody will bring on this show, how good is that kid that plays quarterback over there? You know, I was looking forward all week to get to see him live. I've, I've seen him on TV. I've seen him in bowl games. I've seen him in national championships. But it doesn't do it justice until you see him in person. And, again, he's, he's surrounded by a lot of talent. He, he has probably four of the best wide receivers in college football. And, you know, to kind of steal what Eli Gold said about that receiving core, you know, are are they individually better than like a Julio Jones? Are they individually better than an Amari Cooper? Probably not, but they're equally as, as talented and, and good. But there's four of them that could make a play at, at any given time. Yeah, you got to have a quarterback to throw it. you got to have a receiver to catch it. you got to have a line to protect. And they had it all. But to go back to what you're ta- saying about Tua Tungvaloa, four incompletions, five touchdown passes, <laughs> ten touchdown passes over the last – two games, and I think he's got four games back-to-back where he's thrown at least four, four touchdown passes. So the guy is very impressive. He's very cool in the pocket. He doesn't get rattled. A very you know, quick release, a very smooth passer, and a, a big-time leader for that Crimson Tide. And, Lee, he put a guy on the bench that's now quarterbacking so well at Oklahoma, he may win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, and that's what's, that's what's amazing. I mean, Jalen Hurts – his record at Alabama was, was unbelievable. If I can remember correctly, maybe only two losses as a starter, and it gets gets uh, beat out by Tua. And you're right, Jalen's over at Oklahoma doing some unbelievable things. So he was a, he was a great quarterback as well. And that's just Nick Saban knows you know who he wants to lead his team, and that was why he made the decision with with Tua. And uh, you know he lost a good one to Jalen Hurts going to Oklahoma. Hopefully. That doesn't come back to bottom one day. And then they say that they started four freshmen on defense, and it would it would have been hard to tell, wouldn't it? Just watching that's that's just how deep and talented they are, isn't it? You know they are, and and yeah, most people. And I had run across from different people during the week, and their comments to me are, "Hey, you're running into an Alabama team in a good situation because they're without a lot of starters." <laughs> but basically. It's just freshmen in waiting. It's it's the next All American in waiting, and and that's what they have. And um, you're right; they're very deep from top to bottom, and you know their their freshmen are are very good, and um, they're gonna they're gonna win a lot of football games this year and years yeah. to come. Yeah, Lee Lee. The obvious, uh, course, again is the secondary missed tackles. Uh, you know the the blown coverage with 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 rugs. The showers got beat over the top. That kid has you know just. A elite speed, but you you're only, you you feel like uh, Coach Hop kind of hinted at it today in the press conference. There's going to be some position battles. What, what is what what do they need to do? I mean, what what is the obvious uh, if there is a thing that that needs to be improved the most in the secondary? You know, and I think it's a, again just continuing continuing to work, get reps, and again it's it's really it's really hard to say after a, a playing a team like Alabama. But now for two weeks, we've given up a bunch of yards in the passing game. And uh, I think these guys just got to 
they just got to continue to get better. If we're going to play soft, we've got to be able to converge quickly and, and make those tackles. And if we play them up tight, we've got we've to be able to not get beat over the top. And I think one is communication. You've got to just have communication. There's breakdowns in the coverages. And, and I know it's not breakdown in the coaching because the coaches have gone over it. And um, it's, just, it's just young guys in, in positions and just need to make plays. And, and it starts, like you said, Luke, with making those tackles. I think we've had too many missed tackles up to this point already. All right, Lee. So now, now coming up, conference games. Everything's a conference game. Uh, Texas, El Paso this weekend. Uh, then I think there's a week off followed by North Texas, Louisiana Tech. Fair to say that the Golden Eagles came out of the first month about as well as you could have hoped for, and now they they look down a line of, of games that they should be competitive in every game. You know, and that's the thing. You 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 start the year and looking on paper, and you look at our first four games, and I know Coach Hop has said it multiple times. Our first four games were bold teams last year, so they weren't they weren't any slouches by any stretch of imagination, and. And we and we should have come out of that season two and two to start the game, uh, to start the season. You know, would love to have said, hey, come out three and one, but at least we didn't come out one and three. So I'm I'm happy and pleased, and I know the coaching staff is as well as far as our record. And so the the future this year is is ahead of us now. It's all conference from this stretch forward. And I know Coach Hobson told the team after the game, hey. The preseason, if you will, is over. Now this is where we have to dig in. This is where we have to compete. And every game from this point forward matters. It, it matters in our conference standings. It matters, you know, how we finish the year, what bowl we go to, and if we're playing in that conference championship. And that's the ultimate goal is to get to that conference championship game. We always appreciate your input, and uh, we thank you very much for spending some time with us every Monday. Look forward to having you back on the show next week, Lee. All right, sounds good, guys. Appreciate you, and have a great week. Okay. Lee Roberts, truly one of the great quarterbacks uh, in Southern Miss and Conference USA history, for that matter, Luke. He was uh, he was quite a guy on the field. He was. He's uh, number five, and he's a top five quarterback of, of all time, and, and I appreciate it. He, he knows. He can speak to the game on so many levels. He was on some of those elite teams. He's a quarterback. He understands uh, what's going on, and that's why he's just an asset to Southern Miss uh, for the radio broadcast. All right, Eagle Hour continues. We're going to wrap it up right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Gulfport Home Center has the largest selection of new and used manufactured housing located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi, and they are a proud sponsor of the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour. Ladies volleyball falls to LSU over the weekend. They kickstart Conference USA play this coming Friday 
on the road up in Huntington against uh, the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, first uh, tip for volleyball will be at 5 p.m. Soccer drops a double overtime heartbreaker to Western Kentucky. They're 5-4 and four overall, 0-1 oh in conference play. They t- travel out to Denton, Texas to take on the main green of North Texas this coming uh, Thursday at uh, 7 p.m. And uh, then Southern Miss uh, golf team out in Birmingham for the Graham McDowell Invitational. After uh, round one, Southern Miss has a team tied for 10th overall individual uh, for Southern Miss. Robbie Ladder shoots even today. He's tied for 20th overall. Luke Bob Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, beautiful downtown Laurel. Michael Mergens, the Chicago Bears, has joined us because there's a Monday night game going on tonight. Bears at the Redskins. Bears are five-and-a-half-point favorite. Michael, um, this is probably because it's a Redskins home game. 50-yard tickets right now, $34 each. Ooh. Wow. That's hmm. steep. This is the game you've been waiting for. You guys are looking forward to this ball game, I'm sure. Oh, second to the Packers, yeah. Yeah, well, everybody looks forward to playing the Redskins now, Mike. Yeah, they do. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and you guys got to win to keep pace because the Pack, my man, is on fire. Yeah, they'll fall off midseason, though. They always do. The Vikings? No, no, no. They're, no. no. It's going to be the they, Packers, they're, huh? they're starting out good, but they'll wear out. Yeah. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you about losing the game tonight in Washington? Point five. <laughs> <laughs> Help <Wow>. me here. <laughs> well, I just found club seats for all of us for thirty dollars each. Awesome. Oh, there we go. <laughs> we can go fly southwest up there, and and we'll be fine. Michael, I, I will confess a little earlier. Um, I, I because of because of Bob because Bob still has his car because I didn't have to buy it from him oh. so I'm just kind of pitying him, pitying him on a Monday I'm I'm actually pulling for the Redskins tonight I'm sorry mm. oh. you hear that Michael uh, what <laughs> that's your reasoning but, that's your reason but Mitchell Trubisky is my fantasy football quarterback See, so I need him to put up some perfect points reason tonight. to be rooting for the Bears now you do know Michael that Adrian Peterson has feasted on bear meat throughout his career. Mm-hmm. The concern, you know? No. What about the quarterback situation in Washington? That concerns you at all? No, not really. Case Keenum, former Viking? No. No. Really. How as about the, as long as it's Jay not, Gruden is the quarterback for Washington, nobody is concerned about anything. It's not the individual players, it's the team as a whole. And that doesn't concern you at no, all? No, not really. I can't really say that I blame you. <laughs> I can't. Really, but let's be honest. I really can't say that. The, <laughs> the ESPN article is probably the most telling. In all seriousness, Michael, the defense for Chicago is Super Bowl ready. You just wonder if Trubisky is. Yeah, I think by midseason he will be. He's he's getting his paces down, and I think a, a lot of commentators would agree on that. He's he's getting there, and you see that that spark of brilliance. Um, but he's still he's a new quarterback to the league, so you got to give him a little. Little patience, but I, I see that that brilliance in there, just waiting to come out. And what aspect of the Redskin team did ESPN say a Super Bowl ready? May I ask? Um, their draft class in the twenty twenty <laughs> NFL draft. <laughs> By God, we're they might even give them an extra first choice. rounder. We're fighting for the number one draft choice. You always got to be looking ahead to the next game, yeah. even if it's two uh, years from now. Okay, now I did, you know, just jokingly a couple weeks ago talk a little smack at you about the Bears. You know, I was just kidding, right? So I'm not going. Do ha- I? I'm not going to have to hear that in the morning, Emma Michael. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Help me, Luke. I think I'll come to Laurel tomorrow. 
Depending on the outcome of the game, I yeah, could be in the studio with you tomorrow in Laurel. This is the man. Calling in sick. Yeah, or, or maybe this is the man that wanted to book people on the Eagle Hour simply because they were Redskin fans. This is the same man that wanted to open our NFL segment every time mm-hmm. with hell to the Redskins. Well, let so, me tell you something even you worse. you got to be able to take it. Let me tell you something even worse after what you've revealed here in the last few minutes. This is the dumb blank man that just paid $100 a ticket for three tickets to the Redskins-Jets game. Brilliant. And you're telling me that they're selling right now for $15. Yeah, it's actually 17 That's the lower yeah. section, but I can get you club tickets for 30 Listen, playing the Jets, they're probably giving them away out there. Yeah. Well, maybe I should have just waited, right? Right. And those are club-level seats that we bought, too. We thought we were getting a real deal at 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, huh? Time will tell. <sighs> that's why well, you cannot predict this all season, the season, uh, you know, in July. No, that's right. No, that's right. Before we let you go, Mike. But it, it sh- it'll be a good game. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Before we let you go, uh, I know you live with a Saints fan. We were talking earlier about Saints fans should breathe a big sigh of relief. They're, they're good enough defensively and on special teams, and they have such a tremendous running back in Camara. I think they can do fine without Drew Brees. And – I, I hate to say it, but you kind of got to watch it closely. Is it possible that when Drew is ready to come back, depending on the rest of the games, do they want him oh. to come back? Is that strong enough of a blasphemy. name? Blasphemy. Blasphemy. We've got seen it before. In here. Now, I love Drew, but we've seen it before. So we're going to have to watch Ooh. that closely. Okay. Who who invited this guy on this last segment? Who was that? Yeah, uh, I think Luke it was Johnson. Luke. Yeah, Luke, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, we'll invite him back tomorrow to review the Redskin <laughs> Bears game. Until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.